Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want to hear more shows on a weekly basis, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member. Members get access to exclusive member shows released every Thursday on the Castos app and the website. Plus you get Tuesday show ad-free listening and access to overtime episodes just like today's episode. Today's episode is an overtime show and I am very excited about letting you guys hear what I have in store for you today. The public show is actually a little shorter than I normally put out, but that's because I really thought that this story was so good on its own. It was a standalone. It didn't need any salt or pepper to it to make it spicy. So I wanted to let it stand alone. And little did I know that this first hour segment was not going to be the first time our guest Chris encountered a skinwalker. You see, he is stationed right now on a military base where he looks out at night over the property on the west side. And he encountered a skinwalker one night and he thought... And I thought it might have been his first time experiencing a skinwalker. Well, it turns out in the overtime we explore more. And it sounds like when he was younger, he had another skinwalker experience, which might be even more crazy than the one you're about to hear. And it was kind of jaw dropping. So anyways, that said, friends, 
We have a great show planned for you today. Before we get into today's show, though, go ahead and check out preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. Get yourself emergency supply food if you want to stock up your pantry. Friends, right now, they are running a discount, $250 off the three-month supply. And in today's world, I think that's kind of backwards because most places are actually raising their prices, not dropping them. But we are dropping it $250 for the three-month supply of emergency preparedness food. Go ahead and check it out right now if you're interested in that kind of thing. But that said, let's get to Chris and this jaw-dropping skinwalker encounter he had on a military base one night while he was patrolling and then in the overtime we're going to get into a lot more stuff including his first time encountering a skinwalker which literally might be more terrifying than what you're about to hear right now All right, today we got Chris on the show. Chris, what's going on, brother? Hey, how's it going, man? It's going, man. It's going. So listen, first of all, uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, I don't know if you even listen to the show. I know you were recommended to me by somebody else, so I don't know how much you know of what you're getting into today, but uh, you're in for a ride, my friend. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Listen, you, you, uh, you reached out to... Uh, I'm not sure if I can say his name publicly. I don't know if he's going by a, a fake name. You you reached out to a mutual person of uh, uh, yeah. that's connected to us, uh, and uh, you shared your experience with a skinwalker. Uh, and as we were just talking here before we hit record, you did say that you kind of you're that person in the family that has weird things happening a lot to you. Uh, so we're what we're going to do is we're going to go into the Skinwalker account first, and then we're going to talk about the other things. And just to give the audience a a kind of um, a million foot overview, we're going to do the Skinwalker, and then we're going to talk about grandparents' cattle ranch and some weird things that may have not have been coyotes. Uh, the audience already is kind of on the edge of their seat because they're like, oh, yeah, I dig it because he's they're like, he's definitely going down the dogman route. <laughs> uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, the Anyways, um, weird stuff in the mountains, uh, your parents' house in Illinois, and just, you know, I guess you have some weird things that happen in the woods, some creepy stuff. So yeah. uh, I'm interested in just having conversation with you, man. And uh, we're going to start out with the Skinwalker story. So uh, you're in the military. Yes. And uh, from what I understand, this happened, did it happen on base? Yes, it happened on base. Uh, it was in the winter of 2020. Okay. So we're talking the winter of 2020, uh, setting the stage here, you're on base. Uh, I want you to kind of lay the groundwork. Okay. So what were you doing? Where were you? If you can share the base as much detail as possible about this experience of ex seeing a skinwalker, uh, on base. That's, that's incredible. Okay. So I'll, I'll preface by saying to you, I'm also native American. Um, oh yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah, I'm not with a Comanche, um, which yeah, it's from both sides of my parents, so that, that's pretty cool. Um, but uh, I, at that time, I was uh, working with the, the military police uh, on Quantico on uh, West Side. I was working nights, so our schedules on nights go from uh, about eight o'clock at night to about six, seven o'clock in the morning, depends on what you run into it, for your reports, how early you have to come for pre-brief and stuff like that. So it was, uh, one of like the, like colder nights out, uh, out here in Virginia. 
and uh, clear sky. Uh, moon was like uh, one of the half illuminated moons, so you can kind of see around. But once you get into thickets or like anywhere like kind of behind a building, the illumination kind of drops down. Um, there wasn't any uh, snow on the ground at this time. Oh, actually, yeah, there's like a little bit of snow on the ground at this point. Like tree, like leaves are already off the trees, so it's kind of like. The transition phase from like fall into like winter, like anybody who's an outdoorsman kind of knows what I'm talking about, or just in general. And so I drive uh, from my uh, girlfriend's parents' house to uh, Quantico. Um, it's around seven to eight o'clock at night. Um, Going to pre brief. Um, so I just kind of like sit down, get all my junior marines settled and everything, and kind of like get to know what we're going to be doing for the night. If anything came up, any new direction, any stuff like that. And, um, after that, we all kick out, um, I take my, uh, we, so like when it comes to posting Marines, we'll like take one vehicle to post like a different group at each gate. And, uh, on that night I was, uh, the West side unit and where there's only one West side unit to cover all of West side. If you're familiar with Quantico, there's main side, which is going to be like where all your hub crossroads and Marine Corps stuff is going to be. So like McWill, McCog, McKessage, uh, well, McKessage is on West side. Uh, like headquarters of marine corps like everything that's like main quantico is going to be on main side and then everything that's like the training for like tbs ocs uh, mckessage is going to be all on west side it's also where the fbi and dea are um it's a huge expanse actually like i've i've hunted it pretty heavily and uh, uh it would take i would say at least three or four hours uh maybe even five traveling by a vehicle on the back roads to see the entire portion of the base like it's it's just that massive and like I, I cannot stress enough how big this place is like it's big enough to fit like three different lakes and almost i think it's a million acres of uh woodland wow. out there yeah it's a ton of stuff so like you'll have lieutenants out there and like mckessage students always getting lost and um anyway i digress i'm going off on a tangent but um so <laughs> So I go, I post my Marines, um, I take them to the main gate and I bring uh, my other Marines back. Um, and from there, I usually do the rest of my load up because uh, at that time, I don't really grab my long gun or anything like that. Uh, so I came back, I got my shotgun, um, I got my patrol rifle because uh, unlike most people, I usually carried both just because, you know, you never, you never know. I might be paranoid or whatever you call it, but. Um, it can't hurt to over-prepare. Yeah, it, it cannot. You never want to be stuck in a situation where you want to, you know, end a threat at a hundred, hundred yards when you only got a shotgun on you. But, um, anyway, so at this point, I mean, I'm a pretty big hunter myself. I'm a huge outdoorsman, um, not to be the stereotypical, like deadly native in the woods, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I've, I've grown up hunting, I've grown up fishing, I've grown up foraging. Um, I ran around the desert as a kid a ton. I ran around, um, uh, the midwestern woods a ton as a kid too and you know what woods were left besides corn uh so i'd consider myself a pretty familiar outdoorsman um i try to camp here and there and try to backpack when i can um i'm actually probably gonna go for the shenandoahs in this next couple weeks but um so i'm not i'm not a stranger to the woods i'm not a stranger to wildlife or anything um so at this time it's the middle of deer season and i've got uh trail cameras posted on uh all, all over west side on like the spots that i hunt at and um it's just kind of like a side thing for me it's not really for work or anything just because what are you going to do for 10 hours in the middle of the night you know like on quantico where the average rank is a major so there's really not a lot of stuff going on for anybody in like military police besides like 
an alarm call here and there, which most of the time is unfounded or it's a faulty wire. So you got to pretty much make your own entertainment. And if you're not pulling cars at the gate for, you know, having an out headlight or stuff like that, which I never liked to do because I'm not a fan of screwing Marines over. Um, but, um, yeah, so I would just, at that time I'd like run around West side, just kind of see if I could see where the game trails were, if there were deer or like Turkey feeding anywhere. Um, so I had these group of, uh, trail cams up on, kind of like the northwest side of base. So coming into uh, west side, uh, you go up this main road um, called uh, MCB3, right? And it goes pretty much cuts the entire like left and right side of base in half. So on the left side, there's like ponds and like training areas that aren't really ranges. And on the right side, it's a bunch of ranges. And above it, there's like a power line that kind of cuts around all the base. And in between that in this little basin, um, uh, there's kind of these two hills that were a little bit taller than the rest of the topography over there that, uh, I found a bunch of game trails and I harvested deer there earlier in the year. And, um, I was hoping to get more cause I was keep getting pictures of that coyotes and like foxes and Turkey all around there. So I, uh, on this particular night, um, I, I pulled a couple traffic stops for speeding and there's really nothing going on on that side. So I decided to kind of like pack up and drive out there. And on the road out there, I'd say it's about 30 or 40 minutes on the main road. And then you turn off onto this dirt road that goes almost the entirety of the base. And um, there's a bunch of offshoots from there. And I'd say that's another 20, 30 minutes. And then from where I was going, I'd say it's about an hour and 20 minutes from like really anybody unless there's like somebody out there doing night exercises, which there weren't at the time because they try to like coincide it with hunting season and stuff to just avoid, uh, chance encounters and accidents and stuff like that. So, and also on the side of base comms, like our radios usually suck really, really bad. And like most of the time you have to use your phone and some of that times your phone doesn't even work. So getting out to anything out there is kind of i'd say a little bit dangerous you can always hit your emergency button and people kind of like geolocate where you are but it's kind of a hit or miss but anyway um i'd say it's about one or two in the morning at this time um where i finally get to this little uh kind of creek area i parked my uh, patrol car right next to the uh right next to the area like right where the uh, gravel road stops and it's about I'm going to say about a 10, 20, 30 minute walk there, depending on how much moonlight there is. And on this night, there is really not enough moonlight to really cut through the trees. So it took me a good half an hour to get where I wanted to go. And um, so I, I got on my truck. I um, didn't grab any of my long guns or anything because I didn't want the game warden thinking I was poaching or anything like that. You know, just trying to be as like chill and low key as possible. So I just grabbed my laptop and I, um, kind of started off into the woods. I usually let my night vision adjust, but it was too dark. So I kind of cranked out the sure fire and kind of like quietly made my way up to where I had my trail cams in this tree stand that I put up. Um, so I finally get to the uh, tree stand. Um, and right where I'm looking at is if you can imagine it, I'm about 25, 30 up and 30 feet up in a tree. And right in front of me, there is a, a hill on one side and a hill on another, another side. And I'm, my back is towards another hill. So it's kind of like this little like triangle thing, if you will, that gets dissected by a creek in the front and a creek to the side. And it 
Yeah, by a creek, I mean it's no bigger than like the width of an iPhone. And um, on one side, you've got a bunch of brambles, and on the other side, you've got a, a huge thicket of uh, oaks and uh, bushes. Um, and like it gets just gets thicker and thicker and thicker the more you go. And like right in the middle of it, there's a game trail that I was that which was a game trail that I was watching. And um, I had the trail camera about, I'd say, 15, 20 yards out to the right, kind of shooting in towards me, like dissecting the uh, game trail. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if I painted a pretty good picture there yeah. or not. But um, so that's where I would always just kind of like, even like when I was off of work, I'd go over there and I just would pull the SIM card out of my uh, trail cam and I'd pop into my laptop and I'd just climb up to the into the tree uh stand and just kind of sit there and i crack up on my laptop and i'm just kind of going through pictures like the average like what like northern virginia wildlife you know like turkey deer um coyote foxes like kind of like whatever you're going to see on a game trail usually and um i'm sitting there for about i'd say about 20 30 minutes just kind of passing time just looking through them and i start to hear off on the left side um and mind you like the woods aren't the woods aren't really quiet at night right they're full of owls like voles running around and stuff like that like you can hear stuff and deer are usually active then but um i like my it takes a while for my hearing to notice it just because i was so distracted on my laptop and i just noticed like everything starts to kind of go quiet and um which is kind of odd. So I'm like trying to listen in and see what's going on. Cause there's also, there's black bears on uh, that side of Quantico, like not huge black bears, but there's been a couple that have come towards TBS bid, bivouacs and uh, gates and stuff like that, but nothing really to worry about. And um, so that's what I'm thinking. Cause a coyote or a fox really isn't going to make things go quiet. It's usually going to be a bigger predator or like a person or like a bear that's pretty much the only thing that's really in those woods like i don't know if mountain lions have been returned to this part but i doubt it um <clears throat> so i try to like listen in and i'm kind of on the left side about i'd say about 50 60 yards i can kind of hear what sounds like a person walking through the woods and um the, which really isn't weird at that at that time of night because you know tbs ocs uh, mckessage is always doing stuff on the west side so the likelihood of somebody lost on nightland nav and where, where i was sitting it was right in the middle of one of the nightland nav courses so it's not really like oh no like why is there a person out here it's just kind of like whatever so in my mind thinking just so i could help this person because they were like kind of way off course i would it was also to mess with them i like shut my laptop off i kind of quieted myself down so i can be like oh i can i can scare this boot tenant you know like give him a little fright and then kind of help him back out the track and um the weird thing to me was, I don't know if you've ever like hunted like a bobcat or any type of cat, like a mountain lion or whatever, but if you ever have a decoy, they'll circle, right? Circle and circle and circle and like kind of check out what it is before they pop into the area to go grab it or, you know, do whatever with it. Which is, this is like a post stop. I didn't even think about this until later. And um, that, that kind of was kind of a pucker moment if, you know, just catch my drift. But um, so I hear, I hear like the 
gentle like pressure of like leaves and stuff go from here go from like right right to the left hand side of me to about my 11 to my 12 back to my back to my 10 and then i hear it again over at my two o'clock and just kind of keeps doing that for about like 45 minutes to like an hour and i'm just like sitting here thinking like oh uh, that's you know it's not weird i mean at some point i'm just gonna get bored and call out to this person and be like yeah what are you doing um and then it finally kind of the sound crosses back over the creek and stops, I'd say, about 25 yards to my left in that thick bramble of uh, of uh, old growth with, excuse me, the uh, berry bushes in it. And it just kind of stops there. And I was like, okay, whatever. They're probably just taking a break or whatever. And um, at that point, um, you ever get the feeling that, like, something's not wrong like not not right like you get like it's that primal feeling like the hair is standing on the back of your neck like when you're a kid like grabbing something from the fridge in the middle of the night and you turn off the lights and run up the stairs and you just feel something trying to grab at you yeah i think that's that's the best analogy i can think of because that because that's what i started feeling like all the hairs on the back of my neck just start prickling like the hairs on my arm like i start getting goosebumps (laughs) and which is weird to me because like there's not a lot of times or not a lot of things that really freak me out in the woods. Like I said, I'm a pretty experienced, you know, outdoorsman. I've, you know, hunted everywhere from the west to the east coast, and um, like that feeling you get is like when you're being stalked by a mountain lion because mountain lions are quiet and they're, you know, you can you get that feeling right before they are going to pounce or kind of make their presence known. And so I'm kind of sitting there and I'm just like like pardon the french but i'm like what the f you know like what's wrong with me like i don't I don't understand what's the issue so i just kind of sit there and just kind of wait and listen and the thing that really threw me off is because i i swear this sounded like a person sound like because you hear people walking through the woods people are not quiet they know how to, they don't know how to walk through the woods unless you're like barefoot and you're like a paleo civilization like 99 percent of modern humans cannot walk through the woods quietly and um, I started to see this eye shine kind of coming through, and that kind of threw me off because like humans really don't have a lot of eye shine unless you're taking a picture or whatever. Um, it's mostly like predatory animals and like some herbivores, like deer and stuff, that their retinas will glow anytime like you they have a backdrop of light, like even the moon. So I'm like starting to get uneasy, and I I look over and. It, starts to walk more closely into view and it turns out to be a deer I mean, it's, a, it's a nice deer too which is kind of taking me off because it's like oh great now i'm gonna have to sit in here for another two hours so i don't scare it off so it'll come back in the morning when i got off work and pop back up here and um my 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 brain kind of like failed to realize that why did it sound like that why did it sound like walking like that when it's a deer but the only thing i was worried about was this and it started to come slowly into view and it, I I'd say it probably entered from about like 20, 20 yards away on my left-hand side. And mind you, I'm like 30 feet up in the air. So I'm kind of, it's a little bit distance from me and it starts to come in kind of close to me at a diagonal pace. So where it's about 15 yards away from me and it just kind of like looks around a little bit and this feeling of dread just kind of starts creeping back. Like after the surprise, it just, gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where 
I remember like having to hold my hands down against my laptop to stop them from shaking for some reason. And like I said, that that's what, <laughs> like, I don't mean to laugh, but that's like what, uh, that's like the thing that really freaked me out. Cause like, I, I don't do that. I'm a pretty calm, collected individual, I'd say. <laughs> and, um, this thing crosses, crosses that little Creek right onto the opposite side where that conglomeration of, uh, old growth oaks is, and it stands up on its hind legs and it just starts beating the living shit out of its own skull. Like, sorry, I'm skin, like, you know, <laughs> a little freaked out again. Um, but, um, just beating it over and over and over. And I, I can hear like each, like thump of the head and like with each hit you can hear like the bone and the antler breaking and i'm like sitting this I'm, sorry that was my dog if you if you heard that um scared me a little bit it's, um, right, it's okay <laughs> um just keeps hitting over and over and over until it's like face is a mess of crushed up bone and like brain and um this thing's still standing on two legs and, and like my first thought, my, my first thought later was, um, chronic wasting disease. Like it's a common prion and deer around the area, but it wouldn't make it, you know, stand up on its own legs, you know, and it wouldn't make it do that. And at, at the point where I, there's no way this deer could have been still standing or even alive. Um, like it, 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 it's it's eyeball is like kind of like dangling out there just like with this dead look and this thing looks up this thing stands and gets up from what it was doing and just kind of looks at me and I, I i felt my stomach like hit the floor like like i could feel like everything like the blood in me drain and as clear as i'm as, as clear as i'm hearing you man yeah i I hear someone or something say, I know you're there. And, and at that point, all I remember, like all I remember doing is just saying, fuck. Like I just started part of the French, but I just, I just remember saying it over and over and over and over. And as quick as it happened, this thing drops back down on its, uh, on its, on its hooves or whatever. And just starts to gleefully trot away. And what felt like, I'd say about like six or seven hours, but it was probably about 10 minutes. I was, I'm sitting there just shaking and like not even having an ability to like grab my sidearm or anything like that. Like I was freaking ter- like terrified. Like I didn't, I didn't know if it was because I was dreaming because I was tired and I was on nights and I was working a day job at the same time, but I had just taken bunch of energy drinks and i was wide awake so i'm sitting here trying to reason reason myself with it i'm like you're 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 crazy like just don't worry about it and whenever i can hear kind of like the sound come back to the woods like i have never gotten out of a tree stand as fast as i did it's it's one of the ones that like you nail on top and you like climb up the little ladder on the side and i i don't even think i touched the last 20 rungs because i just i just jumped down and I didn't even grab my laptop. I just booked it straight back to the car. And, um, I, 
I probably peeled out of there going about 90 miles an hour on that dirt road, trying to get back to the uh, gas station on base. And I just, for the rest of the night, I just kind of sat in that parking lot with the lights on and kind of my shotgun with one in the chamber, just kind of chilling. I kind of like minding my own business. Cause I was like, I, I don't want to mess with it. And after, after the end um, of my shift, I came back and I was downloading to go home. And, um, I was an, I'm an NCO. So like uh, they really didn't keep me afterwards to clean up or anything. So I would just download and go home. And um, I'm downloading, I go, I'm downloading, like I'm pulling all my stuff out and giving it back to the armory. And uh, my lieutenant comes up and he's like, Hey man, you doing all right? I was like, yeah, yeah. Why? He's like, you, he's like, dog, you look white. Like you look terrified. I'm like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. He's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. And, um, yeah, from there, it was just kind of like on my mind for like the rest of like I'd say the next couple months because I always would volunteer to go patrol west side because I love doing that I love being out in the woods and kind of like doing stuff like that and a couple of the people I worked with were like hey what's up man you you don't want to be on west side anymore I'm like no I'm all right I'll I'll stay in the main side I'll I'll drive around the PX all night it's no big deal but yeah that, I I would say that's probably the most open like in my face I don't want to say paranormal but um like odd experiences i've had yeah odd <laughs> uh that's one way to describe it holy cow uh let me ask you did you ever tell anybody about this i mean on base or anything I mean, have you ever opened up to anybody about this uh, the only person i've kind of like really told about it was uh my girlfriend um she knows about it and um uh tales from the grid, grid square shout out to him on instagram i, I told him because i saw his page about asking military members for like their experiences and stuff and i was like oh okay i'll give this a shot and um the thing that kind of made me come to you was like the uh response i got from everybody there it kind of was like oh hey this is good and you know being native american myself and not a lot of people having um like an insight into the culture and into like how we like believe in things or do things. Um, I, I thought it would be a good opportunity to like come on here and kind of like share it more. So yeah, aside from them before that, it, I haven't really told anybody. Yeah, I understand. I mean, it, it's something, how do you, how do you even start that conversation with people? Uh, you know, they, they're like, what, you don't want to go to West side and you're just like, yeah, you know, I so, lost my episode so, for the woods. Yeah, so I, I went back, I'd say about a month later in the day um, with one of my friends. We went squirrel hunting. And um, I used squirrel hunting kind of like as a cover. And I and like I didn't tell him why. And he's like, because usually when squirrel hunting, you're like stopping and going, stopping and going, stopping and going. And I was just kind of booking it back to this place because I needed to grab my laptop and my trail camera because I wasn't going to lose like $2,000, you know. And um we were, we finally crest the back hill to where the backside where my tree stand was and it gets and it's quiet again and my buddy goes that's weird and i'm like why I'm like what's weird and he's like well and my buddy my buddy's a scout sniper so he's uh he's really quiet in the woods that like that man can sneak up on pretty much anything um and I, i'd say i'm pretty quiet too so usually you can still hear stuff while we're going through um but we didn't hear anything and 
He's like, why is your stuff here? So I ran up and I grabbed my laptop and I grabbed my trail camera and I went to go look at the, uh, the tree that, uh, I remember being at. And the thing that kind of like really like solidified that I wasn't just tripping or tired was that the tree actually had like impact marks on it. And there was like dried blood on it and like bone shards at the base of it. And like, I, 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 I couldn't look at my face, but I saw his face when I turned around and like by his expression, you could probably see, he could probably see the color drain from my face. And I was like, yeah, let's get out of here. And he's like, okay. And the, I'd say the weirdest thing, it was like after snows and a bunch of stuff like that is my laptop looked untouched. Like there wasn't any like growth on it. It still turned on fine. It was still charged. So so that was a question that I was going to ask you uh, for clarification. So you left your laptop out there for about a month. Yeah. So when you left that night, you you did you forget it or you were just like, I'm leaving everything here. I'm just getting out of here and running. It was kind of like a drop it and it was just kind of a book it moment. Like if I had anything else with me, I probably would have left it too. So. So yeah, I just you're you leave it out there for a month uh and it it seemed like it was it was left there the day before yeah that's i didn't really think of it as odd until i thought about it later so i after the nerves calmed down because i mean like i've had this for a while but it doesn't really look like it was left Is that out. a laptop yeah it's the exact laptop it doesn't look like it was left out in the woods or anything like not a, none of the stickers on it are like faded off or washed out so yeah I don't know. That that was it's kind of like a side weird thing. I don't know. It, Did it rain and snow or anything? What was the what was the weather? Uh, it was snowing pretty heavily for that past that last month. So, so you, I mean, going out there, you were expecting to have a ruined laptop. Yeah, hundred percent. That's interesting. I find that very interesting. Yeah, that's the thing that kind of uh, that that's just adding that into the rest of the cocktail of like weird craft. It's yeah. just. A little more unsettling, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's... Well, we can dissect that at some point, I guess. But um, So I, I had uh, done an interview years ago, uh, episode 136. And I'm approaching 500 now, so uh, it's been a long time. But uh, it, I, I had a guy on talking about how him and his buddies went on a property that they weren't supposed to be on. I believe it was in Oregon. And, uh, it, it's like, there are signs saying no trespassing and they go anyways. And there was a lot of weird things that happened that night. And that's why like it kind of, the laptop thing kind of sticks out to me in the sense that, um, so they, they, they basically get chased out of there by upright running deer. Um, now th this was, they were in, in a car and these things were running alongside their car. I, uh, I think I listened to that episode of it yours once i found out you had a podcast i kind of like deep dived into your stuff okay so so yeah i mean that one like when you were telling your story that kind of stuck out in my head but now with this laptop thing if you recall from that story they came across a house where all the furniture was on the ceiling and uh that was a very peculiar thing. And maybe I don't remember how we handled that during the interview. I probably could have asked more questions about mm -hmm. that, but I'm just like, get to the upright walking deer part, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, but it's interesting because both of you had experiences where uh, there was upright walking slash running deer 
but there was also inanimate objects involved in the story that did something peculiar. So that this house had furniture that was on the ceiling, like somebody just nailed it to the ceiling. Uh, and that's odd and bizarre, but then your laptop seems like it's been untouched and uh, almost like it's, it's gone into this other state of existence. And it just, it really, uh, now this is, I, I know this, this is, this is partly because of what I've been digging into recently myself. Uh, but I will say this, it, it really makes me wonder, you're talking to somebody who believes that there's, um, I believe there's an alternate universe and I do believe that there are things that come through. And I have lots of operating theories on how this all works, but I do wonder if at times when people have these experiences like you did, that this bizarre experience didn't happen because something came into your space, but somehow you slipped into something else's space. And so things don't operate the same in these other existences than they would in the reality that we would come to be comfortable with. Uh, I don't know if that's a loaded thing for you. I don't think, I don't know if you want to end the interview now because you think I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it it, kind of makes sense because there's a a lot of uh, Paleo-American and like Amerindian cultures. I'm not familiar with any of mine, like Navajo Comanche believe in it, but I know there's a bunch like Algonquin and all of the other uh, Native American tribes who experience like Wendigos and stuff. Kind of like believe the same thing from what I've read, but... uh, I mean, the only thing that threw me off with not thinking it was the skinwalkers, because I mean, one, everything I like, I've learned as a kid growing up, um, like not because my grandpa's like full, full Navajo. And, um, <clears throat> is that like, they usually take on the, uh, form of predators like coyotes or foxes or something. That's a trickster. That's why in the culture, you'll really never see anybody wearing, uh, coyote skin or anything like that or pelts it's always like sheep skin or whatever um or like clothing that's been handmade just because of the belief in that and i mean it's out of the geographical range too you know so i that's what threw me off too um but i mean when it comes like the house or whatever they found like quantico's honestly on the west side it's pretty creepy like there's abandoned cemeteries dating back to like the revolutionary war period and before and like abandoned house structures and stuff like that and you always get those like weird creepy vibes around it like there's even this is from later it's from like the 70s but there's even like a vietnam village that they used to train with out there that's like all dilapidated and stuff that just gives you kind of like eerie vibes out there too so i i think that'd make more sense of an explanation than a skinwalker explanation but yeah. I. Yeah. So a uh, couple things. One, um, I was just in Utah uh, lot, two months ago and um, I got to talking with a lot of natives out there on the reservation and uh, they told me that, you know, skinwalkers can transform into horses. Uh, there, there's a lot of different things they can transform into. And that kind of caught me off guard because I, I, I came out with my own preconceived ideas, notions, and understandings. Uh, and here I am talking to people who've been dealing with these things and like, no, this is actually what happens, you know? Um, yeah. The, the scary, the, the freaky thing about it is like learning about it as a kid or whatever, like going into it within the culture is that 
it's not really seen as something that's paranormal or out of the normal. It's just seen as a fact of life. It's just as real as like, you know, your flock of sheep, like, like I have yeah. people in my family um, that I've recently reconnected with because of 23 and me, cause I took a DNA test and cause my, we're so far removed from like the whole reservation and stuff. Like I kind of grew up really, really white and nice. Um, but, uh, is that like my cousins, like a couple of their family, my, my family members legitimately believe they've just been cursed by a skinwalker and that they're just literally there. And it's not like paranormal. It's not whatever. It's just a fact of life, the way they talk about it. And I was kind of thrown off by that too so it's like it's like a state of existence you know mm-hmm. and uh I, i'm pretty sure i can say this part i have to be guarded with how much i talk about uh because we we shot a film out there and it's not out yet uh but we went out there on the the whole skinwalker ranch topic and uh we didn't go to skinwalker ranch we were on the property that butts up against it and uh our whole thing was to go and uh, investigate the area around the ranch to to show people that it's not just the ranch, but it's it's all of this stuff. It's the whole area. And one thing that we picked up though was that these people out there, this is not anything unusual for them. This is not anything paranormal. This is just the way it's always been. And uh, it, it the reason why Skinwalker Ranch has this this stigma to it is be, not because it's special to anything else. It's just that in the '90s, I think it was the mid '90s, the Shermans bought the ranch, and they were the first white people to own that yeah. property. And so they're experiencing all this crazy stuff, and they're blowing it up. And it, so the world then focuses in on it. And they're like, "Oh, the ranch!" And it's like, "No, no, no, no! It's not yeah. the ranch. It's this whole area." You know, uh, it's just yeah. it's the norm. Yeah, if you look into like the like, I'm I'm such a nerd when it comes to history and like my culture because I, I grew up uh, Mexican and Native American mainly, just because like you know both uh, cultures that are very uh, superstitious, I'd say, <laughs> and um just like just that area where i grew up and and that area in arizona it's just such like ancient areas with so much history i don't know if you know about the anasazi and like all the believed to be pre amer indian peoples like before the native americans came that existed like inhabited that place and it's i I feel like something with that much culture and that much history and that much like human emotion like i'm i'm probably gonna sound like a complete hippie and like out of my mind but (laughs) but i feel like when a place has energy, whether it's from like an animal or, or people, it's like things are attracted to it. So I believe like all the energy and like all the pain, suffering, happiness, like whatever emotions, like, and experiences happened in that place, just because of history of it, it just things are drawn to it. And I, I think the same thing about most of the Southwest. That's why it's like hauntingly beautiful, but you'll notice like a lot of people who aren't really in the culture close with like the outdoors really like to venture out into it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, let's go back to your experience. Uh, the this thing comes through. I, I forget how you said it, but it basically comes into view, and you at first were seeing the eye shine, uh, and it's walking, and then you see it stand up on its hind legs. Uh, it, it does what it does to the tree. It, when it when it goes away. Did it, it went back down on all four and just kind of walked away like a normal deer then? Yeah, it just walked away like a normal deer without, with most of its head missing. 
That's because yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, with the, with how, what, from what I saw, with how much the brain was destroyed, like motor function should not have been that good. You know. <laughs> so how do you reconcile that that whole experience then? Uh, when it comes to what you saw, let, let, let forget, let's forget labels, you know. Uh, do you think that that was an actual deer that did something crazy? Or do you think that maybe it could have been a possessed deer? Or do you think this was something completely different representing, like like creating the image of a deer for you to see? It knew you were there. It said it. So I've talked to a couple of people um, after the fact of... Uh, kind of like sharing it with uh, that one Instagram account. And um, uh, I, I reconciling it, I, I'd say it's a bit rough because at the time I was going through, uh, kind of going through like a dissolution of a marriage, a bunch of other stuff. I was like kind of like pretty deep into alcoholism and stuff like that. So I was like really at a pivoting point in my life. And a couple of people within the culture were like, well, man, like, there's an option that it could be like one of your ancestors trying to significant, trying to like show you the significance of like you, uh, like visualizing like the death of the previous you or whatever. But, um, I would say that after it, I kind of started to become more spiritual, so to speak. Um, I, a couple things in my life started to turn around and I really focused on the things that mattered. I'd like drop the alcohol, like, kind of like came to terms with a bunch of stuff and um i grew being mexican i grew up in the catholic church my entire life and i'm I'm never gonna dig on anybody's religion but i never really fit into it i never really liked it i never really like followed the beliefs like i was always in trouble in religion class because i was i was always calling people out for stuff um which in like a mexican private school that's like catholic wasn't that great (laughs) But um, from there, I kind of broadened my horizons into being more spiritual and like the Native American church and kind of like going more into my history. And I, I think part of it was something trying to communicate with me on on a scale like that, because unless there's like a bunch of creepy things out in like existence in the wild that just enjoy and get a kick out of scaring the crap out of humans, you know, like maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I just kind of thought it was like a sign to stop being a bad person if that that's the retro's digest version um and i just kind of thought about it but i pushed it deep down because you know being being the military like a lot of stuff like that um and even more intense stuff like that you deal with at home you just kind of push down because like you don't want to take away from the mission or take away from your guys and you know if i come around you know, where I work saying, yeah, I saw a deer on two legs, like pretty much like beat its head into a tree, you know, like (laughs) my credibility, especially in law enforcement and stuff like that, just, just going to go down the drain. So I just kind of internalize it, I guess, and try to make the best of it. Yeah. So it sounds like, uh, to me, uh, it it sounds like you're viewing this, this whole thing, almost like a, a, a spiritual experience for you on a personal level, at least in hindsight, uh, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know what this ritual is, but I've seen it done where people almost take like their baggage in life, like their, their alcoholism or their bad relationships. And they write it down on a piece of paper and they put it in a jar and then they smash that jar. And it's just, you know, it's gone, it's done. You know, uh, it's almost in a, in a, in a weird, creepy escalated sense. 
kind of like how that worked for you where like like you were in a really bad spot in life you had a lot of bad things going on and that deer s- destroying its skull was like that that transition that's weird yeah. that's I mean, weird <laughs> i mean i'd say most things in my life have been done intensely i'm a pretty intense person you can ask anybody like whatever i do i'm intensely into it so I think it took something just as intense as my personality to kind of snap me out of it because, you know, therapy wasn't really working. The whole Alcoholics Anonymous thing was stupid because when you're doing it on base, it's kind of like, dog, everybody's an alcoholic. It's just how much of an alcoholic makes you an actual alcoholic in the Marines. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, I, I guess, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so... You went back that one time, you got your, your gear, you head out, head out of there. Have you gone back since for hunting or anything like that? Um, I hunt on a complete opposite side of base now, even though that there's great deer and turkey hunting over there. I just kind of completely avoid it. Cause I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm okay. I'm okay in life. Uh, things are starting to work out. So, I mean, I don't need another like spiritual awakening. I don't want to run into anything else. Cause if it's not that, it's just something that was just straight up hunting me. Cause if you've heard more of like skinwalker and like when to go lore, like once something like finds you, it attaches to you and it'll like hunt you. And I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of being a predator in the woods. I'm not a big fan of being prey, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I'm also, I wouldn't say I'm very, uh, I wouldn't call myself a, you know, believer in like the paranormal and supernatural, so to speak, but I'm also not like a denier. Um, I like things in front of me for proof but I'm not going to negate something that I've never seen, you know? So like, it's having like the logical sense of me and then the native American spiritual Mexican side of me. It's like, come on, like what? <laughs> like I'm, I'm pretty torn. There's two different Chris's in your head. Yeah. There is. Uh, so I have a feeling the answer would be no, but I got to ask, do you think well, first of all, would you, but do you think it's even, uh, would you be able to go back and get a picture of that tree that was all marked up with that deer's skull smashing against it? Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I probably could. I, so, I feel uncomfortable asking you that because of what you just shared. I mean, it's, it's time, been so long. It's been like almost two years now. So, I mean, I'm kind of calm, you know, I've got to. I I can borrow one of my buddy's lever actions in like 45, 70. So, I mean, if at the point, if I shoot something that I see scary with that and it doesn't go down, it's like, I'm screwed anyway. So, you know, yeah. Why not? I, I, I mean, listen, if you can, if you can find that tree again and if the markings are still visible, I don't know what two years of weathering does and stuff, but, um, I, I would love to see it and, uh, and all that. Um, I, I, <laughs> I feel bad even asking you to do that just because like, you know. Yeah. I mean, no worries. I think it'll be good for me, you know, just come to terms with something and kind of like facing it, you know, at face value, I guess. You know, you sh- if, you, if you're going to go out there, listen, if you're going to go out there, you should, you should do it right. So, uh, when, when you're out there, uh, why don't you bring like a handheld shovel and see if you can find any of that bone? That'd be... I don't know if you'd want to take that with you. I don't know if you'd want to take that with you, but you, I'll send you my address and you can mail it to me. I'd love to have that. (laughs) 
no 100% promises, but I uh, I will try to gain the testicular fortitude to uh, get over there and do it sometime this hunting season. Yeah, I mean, let me know how it turns out. And I mean, shoot, if this was like, if this wasn't on a base, I'd be like, I'll be up there next week with you if you want. Like, I'll come with you, but I don't I mean, think hey, I'm allowed to hang out I mean, on hey, base. I can, always, I can always sponsor you, man. What does that mean? Like, I can always bring you on base being a military member myself. Just as like a, a like a visitor? Yeah, just as a visitor. You don't need to sign up or anything. I'll just vouch for you. Oh, shoot, dude. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, all right, so listen. We'll talk about it off air stuff, so see if we can figure out something. Because I, I, I wouldn't mind going to the location. I mean, that'd be kind of trippy for me to experience. Heck, I mean, there's a bunch of like history and lore into it, and it's all creepy, so. Yeah. Wow. Shoot, man. I'm making travel plans. Way too many travel plans. I'm actually... Uh, I mean, as soon as I'm gonna be flying out to your neck of the woods in San Diego, not your neck, your old stomping ground, San Diego, here in a couple of weeks to do some interviews with uh, with people for my film. So, um, uh, just my wife is my wife is like, are you ever gonna stop traveling? I'm like that's kind of the job now, babe. I'm sorry. Sounds like sounds like a great time, man. Is it really a job? <laughs> uh, it, it's well. I, I try. I try to sound like a responsible adult, so I I, I still say I have a job, even though it, it feels like it, it's just a lot more fun than a job. So, <laughs> uh, you know, but you know, it's one of those things where I I gotta make sure I gotta make sure that I I feel like I'm being a responsible adult. So <laughs> we'll just call hunting monsters a job. That's what I do for a living. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, all right, so. That was an interesting uh, story, uh, experiences that you've had, and uh, I would like to uh, transition into other things if you have time still. Yeah, I've got plenty of time. Well, that's for sure, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed it. And listen, friends, like I said in the beginning, I know it's a shorter episode, but that's because that story stood alone on its own, and I didn't want to spoil it with any other stories. Little did I know that we were going to get into a story in the overtime that was his actual first Skinwalker encounter. We didn't realize that when we were talking during this segment, but when he goes into the details of what happened on his grandparents' cattle ranch, it became clear to me that this was not his first encounter with a Skinwalker. He had a Skinwalker encounter years ago as a teenager, which kind of leads to his thought process when he told me that when you encounter a Skinwalker, if you survive the encounter, these things will follow you for the rest of your life because it seems like that's happening for him. Let's get to the overtime. If you're a member, if you're not a member, I'll see you next week right here. Until then, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Please sit back and take a seat. Relax because you're about to hear an exclusive clip from the overtime. So Okay, let, let's just say the, the unsaid here. Because, uh, I mean, I was thinking it and you suggested it that this calf could have been a skinwalker. Now, the calf and coyote, yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. So, but what you're saying is you spent time close to a skinwalker. 
I don't like hearing that verbally out loud because that's why I didn't say it. But um, I have no other explanation for what it was. Bro, you tried feeding milk to a skinwalker. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I, I've never really like kind of put that together in my mind until right now. But like now that you like kind of verbalized it. It's kind of like a holy crap moment. Mountains in the distant scene Trouble seems to follow me That's why I pack my 